Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. to the generation that's going through these things. Look, this isn't the way it's going to be forever. This is only a short period of time. What you're going through right now, the, the, the pain, the tribulation and all, during that great tribulation time, he's telling these Jewish listeners, this Jewish audience, when these things start happening, you need to know, man, don't get so overwhelmed. Look up, your redemption is drawing nigh. Look out, realize the signs and understand, no, God's kingdom is soon to take place, and all of this will end. The moral life is challenging. It has many moments of joy and pleasure, but those are tempered with times of hardship, toil, and pain. As Pastor David explains in today's message, the time of tribulation that will come in the end times will be an exceptionally difficult time, especially for believers. But we don't live for this earthly life because we know that there is something so much better to come. These trials are only temporary and pale in comparison to the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Look Up, Look Out, Look In. I invite you to take your Bible, if you would, turn to uh, Luke 21. In Luke 21, we, Jesus has been sharing with his disciples about the uh, end of days, the last times. He's also shared with them about a coming event that was going to happen fairly quickly after this time of teaching. He was talking about the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and the fall of all of Israel as Rome was going to come in and, and, and just simply annihilate Israel, Jerusalem, and the temple in less than 40 years from the time that he's speaking with them now. Jesus shared with them not only the fall of Israel, he shared with them the truth of the second coming, that he was going to come again, and when he came, he was going to come as a judge of all the earth. And he also spoke with them then of the final end of the age. All of these things packed here in just a few verses in Luke chapter 21. We have spoken as we've gone through this section in previous weeks that also in Matthew chapter 24 and 25 is an extended version of this teaching. Mark has it also in chapter 13. All of these things, speaking about the importance of the coming judgment, the reality of the end of this age as we know it. He had just shared with them as we look here in Luke 21. We're down about tw verse 24. 
He had shared with them the destruction of the temple and that the land would then continue to be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles was fulfilled, that there was going to be a period of time that all of Israel was literally going to be overtaken by Gentile nations and they would not have their nation any longer, and then nor would they have the opportunity to again rebuild a temple to be able to get back into the same structure of worship and sacrifice that they had at that point in time. As the time of the Gentiles comes to, uh, comes to a close, there's going to be several events that are going to happen throughout the world, not just Israel, but throughout the world, not only throughout the world, but on to, into our atmosphere and on literally to the very stars of heaven. Look what he says here in Luke 21, beginning in verse 25. He says, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Beloved, this is the time frame that we know as the Great Tribulation, and it's spoken of in great detail in the book of Revelation, chapters 15, 16, and 17. We touched on those a little bit last week. For way too many, even within the realm of Christianity, within the church. They relegate all of these things to be analogies. They regulate them to be simply illustrations of what had already taken place. They look at the events of 70 AD and they say, well, all of those scenarios that we read in the book of Revelation, those took place already. But beloved, when we look at it with, with the clarity of what the Word of God says, hopefully you'll understand, no, this is yet to take place. The Great Tribulation is yet to take place. And then after that time of the Great Tribulation, Luke continues on, and here in verse 27 he writes, At then, it's then that they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things, which things is he speaking about? The things he just spoken about. Signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, the earth, distress of the nations, perplexity, all of those things. When these things begin to happen, he's telling this Jewish audience to look up Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Remember, as I shared last week, he's speaking to a Jewish crowd. He, a Jew, speaking to a Jewish crowd with a message to the Jewish people, again, preparing them for what's going to happen and how they should respond to these coming events whenever these events take place. For a season, it's going to be the time of the Gentiles. But at the close of the time of the Gentiles, these events are going to take place. They needed to know that in the midst of all of the trials that awaited them, the severity of the days that were coming, they needed to look up. They needed to look up and watch God's redemptive plan taking place. Look up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. The thing you need to be really clear of this morning is the fact that he is speaking about so much more than just the destruction of 70 AD. I, I, I'm just perplexed continually when I hear Christian pastors, church leaders today 
speaking still today that no, all of those events have already taken place. He's speaking about a time far beyond the events of the destruction of Israel and the temple back when Rome overran them. He's speaking of that great and that final war against Satan, against the beast, and all the forces of darkness. And as Jesus tried to get them to focus in on being prepared and watchful, once again, he tells them, you need to be looking for the signs. There's going to be signs available for you to be able to see. Look with me at verses 29 and following. Then he spoke to them a parable. He said, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they're already budding, you see and you know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Which things, again, all of these things that he just spoke about, these great perplexities, these, these tremendous events that are going on. Verse 32, assuredly I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, verse 36, watch, therefore, prepare or and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus tells him, look at the fig tree. Look at the fig tree. It would have been a very accessible tree for them to be able to see. Jesus had just spent the time ministering at the temple. They are on the way to the Mount of Olives to the east of the temple area. They would have probably exited the temple area through the eastern gate. As they came from the eastern gate, they would have gone down into the Kidron Valley, crossed over the Brook Kidron, and then began the ascent back up the Mount of Olives. And all over that area, there were trees everywhere, olive trees and, uh, and, and, and an enormous amount of other trees. Yes, the olive trees of Mount Olive, but a tremendous amount of other trees also as they moved along. And as they looked at these trees, Jesus says, look at the fig tree and, and, and all of these trees. You need to understand that when they're budding, what's about to take place? Hey, summer is near. The, the time even that they were coming uh, across there, the time that Jesus was speaking, it was during the Passover season. That's why they were down in Jerusalem at that point in time. That was the time of Jesus' crucifixion, was the Passover. It was early April of the year AD 33, early April, spring, and again, the budding of all of these trees. Jesus says, all you have to do is look at these trees, and you already know, man, summer is pretty close. Now, there are some places in our nation you look forward to summer. Say if you're in Ohio or, or, or Michigan, okay? Here, we don't look forward to summer. We see the trees budding, we start weeping, okay? Uh, but for, for them, he says, take a clue. Understand what you're seeing. Look at the fig tree. Look at these other trees. You're able to tell the time of year simply by seeing that these trees have already budded out. Summer is on its way. And so he continues on back up in verse 31. He says, so you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. So after telling them to look up, 
when these events are happening, to look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. Now he tells him to look out, look out among you and watch for the signs that are all around you when you see these things happening. And he's speaking here, beloved, of the final threats that would come just before the second coming. He had already dealt with the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem up in verses 20 through 24. I believe here he's speaking of the next set of events, the times and the events that had not nor ever will be again on earth. Those things we just spoke about in verses 25 through 28. So here in verse 31, he's simply reiterating the message and the warning that he shared with them earlier. When you see these things, look up, lift up your heads, your redemption's drawing nigh. And also that call to look out. When you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus then adds an, another spin to his message. Look at what he says there in verse 32. He says, assuredly, I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth are gonna pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Well, what did he mean there? What's he saying that the total end of all things was going to happen before that present generation of those hearing him had passed away? What generation was he speaking about? Well, on one hand, we did see a, a partial fulfillment of that. We saw a partial fulfillment because the generation that he was speaking to they saw the destruction of the temple. They saw the destruction of Jerusalem and of Israel. But that was only a partial fulfillment of all that was taking place. Less than a generation, the very people that were listening to Jesus saw those things taking place. However, when that happened, that destruction of the temple and of Israel in 70 AD, we did not see the events that Jesus is speaking of here taking place. We did not see the signs in the sun or in the moon or in the stars and on the earth, the distress of nation with perplexity and on. We know that he's speaking about something much greater here, something that John refers to, uh, or refers to in the book of Revelation. John, in the book of Revelation, is given a vision of those last of the last days, that time of great trials. In Revelation 16, which we looked at again last week, he speaks of that there will be a time of foul and loathsome sores that come upon men. Every living creature in the sea dying, that there would be noises and thunderings and lightnings. There would be great earthquakes, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Great hail from heaven fell upon men, such hailstorms about the weight of a talent, men blaspheming God because of the plague of the hail. That did not happen in 70 AD. There is no way that you could look at that and you would have to really stretch the, the, this whole idea of analogies and illustrations and similitudes to even begin to make that fit 70 AD. All of these things, beloved, these are great tribulation events. These are things that are yet to take place. So what generation is Jesus saying when he says this generation will by no means pass away till these things take place. I believe it's very clear. He's speaking about that generation that sees those signs. They see the final and the very definite signs of 
his soon second coming and of the very essence of the events of that great tribulation. His words are an encouragement, actually. And you think of that, wow, what kind of encouragement is that? No, it's an encouragement to the generation that's going through these things. That Look, this isn't the way it's going to be forever. This is only a short period of time. What you're going through right now, the, the, the pain, the tribulation and all, during that great tribulation time, he's telling these Jewish listeners, this Jewish audience, when these things start happening, you need to know, man, don't get so overwhelmed. Look up, your redemption is drawing nigh. Look out, realize the signs and understand, no, God's kingdom is soon to take place and all of this will end. The tribulation will not last forever. There's going to come a time when all that see and experience all of those things going on in the world, he says, you're going to realize, man, all that stuff's going to pass away. Everything's going to change at the end of that time, at the end of that tribulation time. Heaven, verse 33, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. It's interesting when we think heaven and earth are going to pass away. That means everything that you and I see, feel, touch, can, can see and understand right now, it's all going to burn. It's all going to be done away with. We, we see this previously in the Old Testament. Isaiah gives to us in Isaiah 65, verse 17, the words of the Lord when he declares, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Now, he's not talking about a remodeling plan for the earth. No, he's talking about a brand new one. Would you rather remodel a house or get a brand new one? Uh, Jesus is saying, no, we're not remodeling this thing. We're done with this thing. It's going to be done away with. Not only does Isaiah speak of that, but the apostle Peter in his writings, in 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter writes these words down in verse 10. He says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Man, is, is this just an analogy? Is this an illustration? No, this is the reality, and Peter has been given this message from the Lord. He goes on. He says, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. It's all going to burn, folks. It's all going to burn. Peter goes on in verse 11 there. He says, therefore, since all of these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? What are you holding on to in this world that's affecting your Christian life? What are you, what, what's controlling you here in this temporary place that's going to end up affecting you for all of eternity? He says, no, we ought to be holy in conduct and in godliness. He says, we need to be looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, and he's speaking to believers now, Peter is speaking to believers, we look for new heavens at a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Righteousness is not going to dwell on this earth in the way that it's going to dwell in that new earth. And once again, we have one more, a threefold confirmation on the reality of this. Actually, it's fourfold if you count Jesus' teaching. We have Isaiah, we have the teachings of Jesus, we have Peter. We also have the writing of John in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 21, John says, And now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Why? Why? 
because the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And he says, and also there was no more sea. Completely different, completely different than anything you and I have ever experienced. Now, within Jewish understanding, and, and even with the information that we find within the Word of God, you need to see that there is actually three different designations for heaven to be considered. Three different designations of heaven. The first heaven is, again, our sky, our 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 atmosphere, the, the clouds that we see, the air that you and I breathe above the earth, what we see within our own atmosphere. That's the first heaven. In Jewish thought and understanding, the second heaven is, again, the, the stars and the planets and the universe as a whole. But the third heaven, that's where God dwells. And this is also where Paul was rather in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, but God knows. Paul says, I was caught up into the third heaven. That's the place where God dwells. And all that we know of this realm and all that we see here of this realm, of this terra firma, is going to burn, but he's going to make all things new again, and his word will always remain. That's a promise of God, folks. That's a promise that you and I have that nothing that's going on right now is permanent. Nothing. Uh, sometimes it, it feels like eternity, but it's not eternity right now. What God has in store, what God has in plan is totally new. And Jesus shares this truth with them. He continues on by giving them uh, this, this stern, a very serious warning back here in Luke. And this warning is laid out not only for that Jewish audience of that day, but it's laid out for all of us, really. In verse 34, there in Luke 21, he says, Take heed to yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Earlier in this message, as a word of encouragement, as we shared, Jesus told them, look up. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Secondly, he told them to look out, see, recognize, and understand the signs of the times. But now he is telling them to look in, to look in, take heed of yourselves. And that's a word just as necessary and just as needful for you and I here today. How easy it is to get caught up in the things of this world and neglect that looking in, looking into our own soul's condition. The Apostle Paul even tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, as he speaks to believers, he says, examine yourselves. See if you're in the faith or not. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Be certain this isn't just a one time, it's not just a one shot thing. I think that it needs to be continually uh, uh, taking an account, taking an inventory of our lives in the midst of the cares and concerns of the world, in the anticipation of his soon return, whether it be in the rapture of the church or in that final second coming, since we have an understanding of certain prophetic elements that are going on even in the world today. Beloved, I think that we continually need to be taking heed of ourselves. 
What's going on within my life? What's going on within my heart, my passions, my desires, my thought life? Am I really being led by the things of God's Spirit or am I being led, pushed, and drugged by the things of the world? How easy it would be for us to get out of focus of where we need to be spiritually, each one of us in our own personal lives. Jesus warned his followers that it's way too easy to get caught up or weighed down by carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard today is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We meet Saturday evenings and twice on Sunday morning, as well as throughout the week. For more information about when we meet for worship, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now here's Tracy with some more important information about how you can help support The Open Word. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced and God has given us a vision to see The Open Word expand into other parts of the world. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to TheOpenWord.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.